just ask him two or three questions and we go. Because last week, you know, we spent almost uh, one hour, 30 minutes, eh? It was a long one. How many of you enjoyed it? Uh, but it was a long one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, today I won't be long. But I have a lot of things, honestly, that I need to say. Can you turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16? We just want to read a very familiar passage. Very familiar passage, and we'll just ask one or two questions, and we'll be through this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in Matthew 16, let's start reading from verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and other Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, That our Christ is Son of the Living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, of flesh and blood, have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give unto you, or unto thee, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, they shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou an offense unto me. For thus are very not the things that be of God, but those things that be of man. Shall we pray? Father God, we just want to thank you once again this morning. And we ask you, Lord, that you break now into your word. Cause understanding. Cause inspiration. Cause revelation to break forth. May we, God, discover from the word as a mirror who we are, where we are going, what we ought to do part-time, even as we walk along the path that you have charted for us from the foundation of the world. We bless you once again because of those who are listening, and we're trusting Holy Spirit that you are definitely going to minister to each and every one of us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Now this is a very beautiful story, and it's something that everybody knows. I'm convinced everybody knows about it, everybody have read about it. Uh, a lot of sermon have been preached about it, but I just want to say something very briefly from this passage this morning. 
Now you see, when you come, Jesus made a prayer point. Or he raised a prayer, or he prayed. And he simply said, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, the first question is, who is qualified to pray this prayer? Or this kind of prayer? What motivated Jesus to pray this kind of prayer? I don't know if there is any other scripture where Jesus really prayed against Satan. I don't know. I can't easily right now figure out, but maybe it's somewhere in the scripture, but I can't remember. But this is the most direct statement from Jesus towards Satan. He could say, I saw Satan falling from the sky. He could say, I cast out devils and all of that. But praying against, this is the only time I really see Jesus using this language in such a direct form. Hallelujah. You remember even when uh, the body of Moses was being, you know, dragged or whatever. The Bible says in the book of Jude that Satan was contending for the body of Moses. Remember that? Come on, you remember that? Okay, we told that in Jamaica, said that may God rebuke thee and so on and so forth. Even the angel or whatever did not even kind of... Uh, Pray against or speak against or do something against Satan. Now, I want you to understand something this morning. I'm not saying you can pray all of those stuff, whichever way you want to pray them, just like Master was trying to speak to us on Friday. But there are some things I want you to understand which are basic to a man that can make this kind of statement and the reason why he can make this kind of statement. Hallelujah. Now, get this point in the first place. The question was, who do men say that I am? Is that alright? Okay. So, Jesus wanted to, it's not that he didn't know who he was. He wanted to find out from his disciples if they truly understood who he was. Is that okay? Fine. Now they tried to define and define. The final analysis, he concluded, I am Jesus the Christ, but not telling one. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Okay. After all that, he now told them again that he was going to go to Jerusalem and was going to die. All manner of things will happen to him. Now get the point. Now, the explanation he gave to them was part of his mission for being on earth. Are you listening to me? He explained to them he was going to be scourged, he was going to be abused, he was going to be beaten, and then finally he would be killed. It is part of his mission for being on earth. It's all inclusive in who he is and who he was. Are you getting the picture? Okay, now. Peter didn't want that to happen. Maybe out of love, fine. Is that alright? Maybe out of ignorance, whatever. But he didn't want that to happen to his master. That was a good mind. Am I correct? There is nothing wrong if I have to tell you another well, I am going to die. I know so many of you here will cry. Whether pretentiously or otherwise, even if you are pretending to cry, you will still cry. Amen? But it's still fine. Why? Because I have a relationship with you because I'm pastoring you as it were. Is that okay? So there was nothing wrong with what Peter said. When he said you rebuke him, it's not as if he was speaking to him as if he has no respect. What he was saying actually was that I don't want you to go. You can't die. Why will you think or confess that you are going to die? Why will you leave what you are doing? Now get the point right. The revelation that that Christ was given to him by God. 
But what he was saying now was not from God. Is that okay? It was his human feeling. It was his own thoughts. It was natural emotions that nothing was ever to do with the mind of God. So sometimes you can be too, I don't know how to put it, maybe some of the love you express, they are natural emotional love that have nothing to do with the mind or the will of God. Sometimes some people you assist, you are not actually ordained to assist them. Sometimes the places you invest your money in, they were not the place that God really intended you to invest your money in. You do that from human emotion. Am I talking to somebody now? That is the problem with us. That is why there are some humanitarian endeavors we go into that are not called for. Amen? <laughs> and so... It was good, he said it, because it was from another. But Jesus said, this thing you are saying is not from God. And you know what? That statement alone was a problem to Jesus. Because his own human feeling was rising. Something was not making him to say, you can't go to the cross. Somebody is here to sympathize you, to make you see the reason why you cannot fulfill your mission. Two major problems that Jesus had to confront was what came from Peter and what he was passing through in Gethsemane. His own will and now a voice coming to him not to do what God created him to do. So when he simply said, get thee behind me, Satan, he was not directly attacking Peter, he was attacking the voice that he's saying, don't go to the cross. Are you listening to me? He was attacking that because his own emotion was rising. Something was coming to weigh on him that there was no need for him to do what? To go to Jerusalem. He was beginning to picture maybe how he's going to die. The same problem he faced in Gethsemane was what he was now facing because somebody spoke to him. Are you listening to me? So who is the right man qualified to pray this kind of prayer? Get it behind me. It's a man that knows where he's coming from. A man that knows where he's going. A man that knows who he is. Amen? Did you understand what I'm talking about? Jesus knew where he's coming from. He knew where he's going. And he knows who he was. Now that voice was going to stop him from performing in line with who he was, where he's coming from, and where he's going. What am I trying to make you understand? You don't have any right and you don't. Most times you pray amiss because you don't know what you're praying about. You know why? Because first of all, you don't know who you are in life. Hallelujah. Because anytime, now get this point, I'm going to be saying one or two things. Interjecting them. Listen closely to this. Not every voice that you hear is from God. Just like Jesus said here. Flesh and blood is not speaking. First of all, flesh and blood didn't speak. But now flesh and blood is doing what? He's speaking. You can equate the flesh and blood with what we said right there. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying now? So there are three dimensions of revelation. Revelation from God, revelation from your mind, and revelation from satanic influence. And all of these voices can come against you. When you know who you are, when you know where you are going, when you know where you are coming from. And until you find out this three dimension of your life, you are going to be influenced by all manner of voices on the face of the earth. So the first question to you this morning is, who do you think you are? Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? That is what men think. That is the influence of men. That is by where you live, there are some descriptions that fit into certain things that are past. You want to find out what men think about you. Of course, whether you like it or not, people think certain things about you. Is that okay? But after all that people have said and thought about you, who do you think you are? That's the question. Until you answer that question for yourself, you can't be able to know when Satan is speaking. You can't be able to know when men are talking. Who do you think you are? And that's the first thing you must discover about your life. Until you first discover who you are, it's not easy to walk to get to the place of success. It's not easy. Who do God design you for? Why am I created the way I'm created? Hallelujah. Why am I existing? Listen, folks, we have only said this before. We said it even in our natural setting, especially in the Yoruba area. So like you can bear witness to that. When children are born, they went they go to the Ifa to find out who the child is. Am I correct, somebody? That's our way of finding out who the child is. You must know who you are. I am sounding it loud and clear every day. This is the thing that gives you strength and power to live. This is the thing that makes any voice that comes your way, you can say, you get me behind me. I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I know how I'm going to finish. Say, so listen closely to this. They told Apostle Paul, the Bible says, even the spirit were witnessing, and they came to him and said, Why do you want to go to Jerusalem? Whatever. The man that have this, remember Agabus prophecy? The man that have this bed, this, why are you troubling me? It's the same voice. Somebody say he went and he died of rebellion. That's not true. I am so convinced that every path that Apostle Paul followed was charted by God to have. Remember what he said? I have finished my course. He knew he had a course. He finished the course. He, nothing stopped him. So even his own friends, his own relation within the ministry were about to stop him from finishing the course. Until you know who you are, you can pray what Jesus prayed. It's not the matter of, oh, Satan, you can't stop me. Oh, Satan, you stop you from what is the question. Have you found out what you are doing, what you are supposed to do, how you are supposed to do it, so that now you can know that Satan wants to stop you? Until you know that, what are you talking about? Satan, you can't stop me. I know I'm going to make it. Make what? That's a common statement we make in church. I know you will make it. Yes, I will make it. Now the question is, what are you going to make? Paul said, I'll finish my course. Jesus said, I must yet go to Jerusalem. I am going to be brutalized, insulted, and killed. He knew where he was going. It's not a question of somebody saying, Say it, and you say it. That you say it doesn't mean it comes to pass. That is why we made a lot of confessions in the church, and nothing happens. I know I will own a vehicle. That doesn't make you have a vehicle. 
Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I think Kenneth Hagin, I was reading, was saying something. I'm sure he said, there's a difference between speaking facts and making just positive confessions. Mm? The other day, somebody called me on the phone and I said, what's your problem? He said, well, there are things I cannot do because I'm very rich. So what do you mean by that? He said, you know, I'm a child of God. I'm very rich. I can't say I'm poor. I said, man, say the truth. You need help. I mean, you need help. Tell somebody you don't have money. You need help. It is human being that God uses to help you, not angels. Is that not what the scripture said? Give it shall be given to you. Good measure, present, shaking you. Shall God cause what? Did he say cause angels? Now you don't want to talk to me. You talk to angels and see if they bring manna for you. You are broke, you are broke. All those things will help you. There is a place for speaking facts. I don't know if you are following what I'm talking about. I say, man, I need help. You, there is, you see, are you ashamed to talk to your brother you need help? I don't know the kind of life you want to live. And you think it's positive confession. I say, you will make it, you will make it. And you are there broke. Nothing is happening around you. You will make it, you will make it. No, you need to find out the principle and know exactly where you are going and know what God has put in place. If God says, hey, this is where you are going, you are sure of where you are going. If things are rough, you still tell Satan, I know I will get there. That is because you know where you are going. But the problem is a lot of Christians don't even know who they are. They don't know where they are going. They don't know why they are created. They don't even know where they are supposed to be working part time. And the sick keep on shouting, I know I will make it. Make what? What are you making? See, Jesus said, Satan, listen, get thee behind me. So again, you must, by the time you discover who you are, by the time you know, especially this is me, alive. I know why I'm existing. I know where I'm going. I know finally how it's going to end. And something comes your way and begin to make you see that this you can say Satan gets the what behind me. You can't stop me. God told me, God showed me, God made it plain to me that this is my life. You can't stop me. That way you don't need prayer meeting, just that word alone is enough. Because you see, every voice that is coming there is coming to attack your mind and nothing else. That's why you see when you talk about the armor, the full armor of God, say the helmet of salvation. What is helmet? Helmet is meant to protect your head against the arrows of the enemy. What are the arrows of the enemy? Doubt, unbelief, confusion. These are the things that come to your mind that confuse you. So when you put on your helmet of salvation, your brain, which is your mind, is what? Is protected so that no deception or language that is contrary to God's will for you can penetrate your mind to confuse you. Amen? You see, when, when Paul spoke to the Galatians and said, What bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? The word bewitched there actually means to malign, to slander, to abuse. It means somebody can abuse you from the cause that God has placed before you. Abuse means you've been taken away from the rightful position. And like I said, this mind or this voice can come from Afro Peter was an apostle. Amen. It can come from the church. Is that okay? It can come from your mind. It can come from people around you. 
It can come from the society around you. All these voices can come to tell you that perhaps where you are now is not where you are supposed to be. The course you are pursuing is not what you are supposed to pursue. Oh, that is only because you do not know why you are existing. Am I talking to somebody? You see, I'll keep on telling you this. What makes people afraid, sorry to say, doesn't make me afraid. I have an anchor in my spirit. There is an anchor. Based on the thing the Lord has spoken to me, I have so much an anchor in my spirit that a lot of things doesn't move me when people are moved. It doesn't move me whatsoever when people are moved. I've always believed it that even if the thing is so rough, it is still all things working together for good. And to those who are called by God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Because I have a purpose. I know why I'm existing. I know where I am going. I know by the grace of God to an extent how I'm going to finish. Therefore, no voice can tell me you can go through. It's not possible. Get it behind me. If I don't even need to pray that prayer, I simply say this is not from God and that's all. Because this voice that is satanic can come from the church, can come from a pastor, can come from your wife or your mother or anybody. From your husband, it is still the voice of Satan. Once it is not God, it is Satan. Come on, am I talking to somebody here? That voice that tells you that you can make it in life. Even after God has given you a series of revelation and dreams and vision about your life. And so they keep telling you, oh, you are not going anywhere. That is satanic. You see, you get it behind me. I know I'm going to finish. Glory to God. You know the things. Some of you don't. You see, I don't know. The church needs to be awakened. Because you see, there are so many businesses that you are into that may not be succeeding. And yet... You can hear from God why you must succeed in those businesses. I don't know why. Have you, have you listened? Have you, have you ever t- taken your time to study the life of Jacob? The grace upon the life of Jacob? How when he came to the house of Laban? And the statement that Laban made? I've learned by experience that since you came into this place, my business improved. And yet, this guy simply went there and in the night, God to give you revelation about the business, about the business, or what to do about the business. Why don't you dream good dreams? About your business, about your life. Why can't God show you? This night, God was showing me something about the gospel. And I just saw some pair of shoes and he showed me different type of shoe shiners. Hallelujah. You know what the gospel means? You know what shoe means? It's the gospel. And I saw rags with different type of shoe shiners. And he was telling me to make a choice. Beautiful man. Hallelujah. If I polish my shoe in the dream man, I'm going somewhere. You can't come with me because I'm doing the polishing myself. And so if you wake up the next morning and say, hey, you are not going anywhere. I say, my shoe is shining already. God gave it to me. You can't take it from me. So when you're speaking, I simply say, get it behind me, Satan. Because I know where I'm going. You see, sometimes the forces always come when already you know where you are going. Jesus already knew where he was going before Peter spoke. Am I talking to somebody? So if you know 
and you know that you know mm, that you are going somewhere God has impressed that in your spirit you see yourself where you are going to land no matter what man says you know you are going to make it it's not me telling you you are going to make it you know you are going to make it you should know it for yourself the truth you know shall set you free not the one somebody else's know it is the one you know Jesus said it so pious in John chapter 18 he said, I came to bear witness to the truth Hi. he knew why he came I came to bear witness to the truth to confirm what the scripture says he knew why he was existing I keep on challenging people because it is strongest force they can move you and can enable you to accomplish at all levels in life. I don't think any of you have God have told you are going to die poor. Can you raise your hand? Amen. Okay. Who has God spoken that you are going to die out of incurable sickness? Okay, now. Somebody confidentially later come and tell me what God has told you about yourself. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, because the, the point is, you must know some things about yourself. Is that okay? It's not a matter of saying who do men say that I am. No, you can't be finding your identity from men. No, that is poor, man. That is too bad. You can't be asking people to tell you who you are. No, it can't work. The mechanism for your life development is built within you and is known to you and to you alone. Hallelujah. So who do men say that I am? No, it's not what men say, it's what God says. And Paul will say, I am who I am and what I am by what? By the grace of God. He knew who he was. Any man that doesn't know who he was is likely never to finish in this life. Because you may be walking in another man's field doing what you are not supposed to do. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. So knowing who you are will release the grace, the power, the revelation, the faith to finish up. So that question is so important for you to answer. Don't you ever find out who do men say that I am. But I'm not saying people cannot say some things about you. Because prophetically somebody can say something about you. And whatever thing that man says is going to be confirmation to what God has told you already. If I'm an apostle or a pastor and you come to tell me God said you are, not, you, are, you are a prophet. I would say man just watch it. I can prophesy but God didn't say I'm a prophet. Come on am I talking to somebody? You must know. Don't allow people to give you titles that God didn't give to you. If the way you say, who do men say that I am? That means men will say some things about you. And anytime men say things about you, and you accept what they say about you, you are definitely taken out of course. Because that will be different from what God says about you. Don't just swallow titles. Don't just run around because something is popular. Don't just... You can't be anything or everything to everybody. Don't allow people to define you. Don't allow people to shape you. How many of you still remember the message of John the Baptist that I preach here? Don't let any man change your destiny. John the Baptist was called John. And when they wanted to call him to name him, what did the people say? They say there is no man in this family that is called John. 
Huh? But there's John here in this family. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You remember that? And so they wanted to call him another name. But God have already said his name should be called what? John. So a family cycle can change your identity. Oh, they want to impress in you what they feel you must become because of what you have to become. For them, not for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? They want you to go to a particular university because there are some things they want you to become for them, not for God. But men, you are not living for men, you are living for God. Hallelujah. Today, I give thanks to the Father who spoke and will listen. But just like Matthew was trying to send the morning, we can't discard the embarrassment that came along the line for taking the decision to carry the Bible. I can't describe the embarrassment. Even in this town, when only 300 naira that I went to ask for to see my father that was sick from a relation, I was abused for being a preacher. 300. 300. You who was a graduate, let your university, you went to resign because you want to preach. I don't have 300 for naira for you. Because my father was sick and I needed 300 naira. See, but then that is part of what we call the voice of what? Of Satan. Because he can come down and say, God, this is true, man. Why should I leave my job and I'll be abused? Eh? So, I go to look for captain and say, but can you employ me? Or I go to John and say, can I become your secretary? I need to get some money. Amen? Are you following what I'm talking about? But I tell you today, the story is changing. Those same people are saying, we thank God for your life. You make us proud. <laughs> One of them saw me recently say, hey, brother, how long you went to South Africa? I said, I didn't just go there. I've been going there. He said, we thank God for your life. You are the only star in our community. I said, yes, that is a man they refused 300 naira for some years back. Am I talking to somebody? Don't let your family define you. Don't let society define you. Don't let your neighbors define you. Who do men say that I am? It's a serious question. Jesus was trying to find out the mentality of men. Because you know what? Once people define you, that's how they relate to you. Is that okay? And they can give you all manner of names that you are not supposed to be here. Hallelujah. The same people are dancing around. Say, we thank God for your life. And they are yet to thank God. They are yet to thank God. See, if it were possible, I would have changed my name from David to Ben. And I have a revelation of what I'm talking about. I will share. something on that. As time permit. Some of you are called to be family builders. Building the names of the family. But if you find yourself in your mode, you just can't do that anymore. 
Are you following what I'm talking about? Genesis 49, when you're going to read it, time comes, you see that. The Bible says that Joseph was a fruitful vine, was a buff. That word buff is Ben. It means son that built the family's name. And if you check the record, Max, when I was reading, even Abraham acknowledged Joseph. Chapter 12 of Quran, the whole of that chapter was written about Joseph. It's serious, man. Even the headings begin to acknowledge the one that is a family builder. But yet he was in the pit. His brother told him. He was in prison. You remember that? Do you think Potiphar's wife was just trying to look for this guy? Man, the description from Muhammad, this guy was too handsome that he was not called a beautiful man. Hey, go read it, man. This was, see, <laughs> there was even a story. You know, they used to call Potiphar Zuleika. That's what they call Potiphar's wife. He has to get some medicines and say, hey, you come and cut oranges for me. He, he, he wanted to show the people how impressed she was, how beautiful she was. And the maidens came in and they were cutting oranges, gave the knife, and then Joseph was invited. And when Joseph came up, hey, this lady's clue cut the orange, they cut their fingers. And he said, this is not a man, this is an angel. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you check your Bible there or your Quran, in chapter 12, verse 23, you're going to say, or 28, you see what I'm talking about. It's written there. Clearly written there. These are family builders. But they go through pressure, pains, terrible things, all embarrassments. But you must stop it. Nothing is going to stop you. See what Jesus said. You get it behind me. I am finishing. It's not what men says. You should know who you are. Joseph knew where he was going. For the Lord was with him. In prison. In the midst of his brother. Can you imagine people selling his brothers and then dipping a goat blood and showing the father that this man is dead? To him was a write-off. To some of your relations, you are already a write-off. They don't want to see you anymore. To them, you are finished. So what is he doing there? He said, don't mind him. Nothing good is coming out of that place. I visited him, his house, terrible. <laughs> All manner of descriptions have already been given to you. But don't worry. I said, don't worry. You are the same family builder that will raise the name of your family. You only just need to be focused and to know exactly where you are going. To know why you are created. That thing I will never forget to say. To know why you are created. It's so good for you to know. Excuse me. Hallelujah. You know, I'm so glad with this, my brother. When I came and he told me he's got somewhere. Went, hey, it's exciting. He's a guy that was knocking for a wood and the wood will not even respond. <laughs> but things are changing. You understand what I'm talking about? You must know he was not confused because the firewood or the plants you are trying to disobey him. He knew he was designed for this. Now that has taken him somewhere. When he was sharing testimony, I was so excited. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, anytime you use the word carpenter, everybody feels somebody who is on the workshop. But now his own is different because he's on contracts. How many of you can believe that carpenters can still go on contract? Glory to God. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about? 
You must know who you are. Just know it. Don't allow people to define you. Don't allow society to define you. That's why even your dressing, you must not allow society to define you. Amen? Lamax will ask your daddy, it's so serious. The fact that you're a preacher and you want to be accepted by society, you wear a ring and make. I saw one of my cousins recently, hair was looking like a madman. I said, Man, what's wrong with you? So I'm a footballer. I said, Your own is different. <laughs> Who told you? Hey, there's something there. Who told you footballer must look, look rough? Who told you that? Is that what makes you play well? All those guys you see, white guys playing football, do they look like you looking mad like this? Is it the madness in your head that will make your leg walk? <laughs> I'm a footballer. Rubbish. Because you see, baby, Carlos Cole doing this. You see, Mikel doing that. You know. So you two want to start? Hey, you deceive yourself. You are allowing society to define you. You are not sure of yourself. You are being intimidated. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? You can be very cute, neat, and still be a star footballer. Why do you think you have to be mad? Hallelujah. I mean, that's a problem with people. You just do things because some other persons are doing that. You don't even consider the shape of yourself. You don't know how God designed you. There are some hairstyles you wear if you don't disfigure your lifestyle. You see, you answer that question. Who do men say that I am? You know, say what men say is what I will become. So when their hair is stupid, you become stupid. You <laughs> see, we are joking, but this is serious. How many of us are losing? It's very serious. Glory to God. <laughs> see, you need to help yourself. I'm trying to help you to do what? To help yourself. You must know who you are. You must understand who you are. You must go beyond people trying to define you. People trying to put some tags on you. People trying to shape your lifestyle by their thought, by their dressing, by their philosophy. You must come out of that. And it doesn't matter who the person is. Because the man that spoke to Peter was an apostle. Hallelujah. Remember what his brother told him. You were telling tell us about brothers' relation just now. When they were to go, I think John 7. He said, No man will do these miracles and be hiding. Let's go. Let's go to Jerusalem and perform. Who will Jesus obey? Is it men or God? Jesus said, I'm not going. Huh? Because men were telling him to go. But he went. Because God knew he had to be there. He knew he was going to be there. But he was not going to do it because men are saying he should do it. There is a place you must not allow men to take the voice of God in your life. Did he go or not? He went. But not when the brethren told him to go. Hallelujah. These are men trying to shape him. And they always have a motive for telling you the things they want to tell you. They have a motive. They have a reason. One of the reasons Peter said what he said was a selfish reason. He wanted to have him so that he can become the best man all the days of his life. He want to be at his right hand. He want to be the senior apostle. More especially after telling him you got the keys. Say, hey man, if this man died, the keys will lost. If already told him, I'm giving you the keys. 
And then the next thing say, I'm going to die. No, no, no. If you die, how can I get the keys? Are you getting this? I can't allow you to die because you already have a promise. Hi. And this is the only man that can deliver the key. So why will you die? You are not dying. In fact, instead of you to die, I will die. Why? Because he all the keys. Why? It was selfish interest. That is why it was satanic. Are you following this? He didn't know what Christ was going to do. He didn't even know that it was when he died that the key would be released. He didn't know that. He was after the key. That was a problem. So when men begin to cancel you based on selfish motive, know it is satanic. You begin to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Because that will stagnate you from achieving and accomplishing the reason why God designed and created you. Is that alright? Don't allow all voices to shape you. Don't allow all manner of voices. They are satanic and strangers' voices. Don't allow them. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. Whether from the box or the blue box. Hmm? Don't allow all voices to shape your life. You must hear God. I'm so emphatic on this and I pray God will make you begin to. You must hear God for yourself. You must hear God for yourself. Hallelujah. That is the only thing that will take you away from men. People cannot tell you to do certain things. You should know who you are. There are some places they can't allow you to go because of who you know you are. You can't just be there. Amen. Amen. If somebody come and tell you, I say, let's go to the shrine. Say, there's one herbal is there. The man is very serious. Let's go. Listen, let me tell you this. Some of you will want to go. But the fear of what people will say when they see you, maybe you will choose to go in the night. I'm just being honest. In that context, you do not yet know who you are. Society is defining you. If you wanted to go, you better go until God speaks to you. Because it is society that is shaping you. Why you don't want to go is fear and embarrassment. That is not godly. So even if you didn't go and the thought is there that you should have gone, you've already gone. No, but that's the truth of the gospel. You've already gone. Your spirit is there. Your mind is there. Your soul is there. It's not that your physical body could not go because of people. So people are defining you. You can't allow people to define you. Who do men say that I am? It's a terrible question that you must answer for yourself. Not just about Jesus Christ. Who do people even say you are? And why are you confirming to what people say you are without knowing who you are? It's serious. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? So all manner of descriptions can be given by people. They can be given by friends. They can be given by relations. They can be given by sisters. But watch it. Which description is God giving to your life? If you can find that, you find life, you find sunset. Amen? You see, Jesus says, search the scriptures and find the word. You will know that I'm not speaking of myself, but the Father is speaking through me. And you believe the word, you will know who you are. You will discover who you are. As you study the word, as you understand, as you pray, as you seek the Father, He will show you, precept by precept, time without numbers, how to walk, how to live, where to be, where not to be. I'll show you one key. 
But this case this is only for those who can hear God. Sometimes you are seeking the face of God over certain issues and you can't find answers. And you look at this thing, naturally speaking, there is nothing wrong with it. The best way for you not to kill yourself is to go on doing that thing. If you can hear from God. You know why? The Bible says, the Lord order the footstep of which people? Of the righteous. Therefore, the only way for you to start to hear and to be ordered is for you to start moving. If you don't move, how can you order your footstep? If I'm standing here and I can go direct me, no. I must first walk. And as I'm walking, you say, there's a pit there. I will move out. That's how he orders my footstep. Now, that is for me. It may not be for you. But if you've come to the place of hearing from God, it will save you so many problems of looking for prophet to give you directions about life. Because prophet can still speak from their mind. Is that okay? They are still human. They can still speak from their mind. If you give them stories that are fantastic, and you give them ideas that are wonderful, and they know you will also pay some good tithes, they can tell you to go ahead. It could not be God. Is that alright? Do you understand what I'm saying? Therefore, you must do what? You must know God for yourself. You must understand God for yourself. You must come to a place where you know that this is what God said about me. And it is what he says about you that will stick. Nothing else that man says about you that will stick. What people said, one is Jeremiah, one is the one is that about Jesus Christ. Some could not even say he's one of the prophets. What does he mean by one of the prophets? No class for him. He has no class at all. He's just a prophet, but one of those prophets. But Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of them, they were defined. There were specific things that they were called to do. But now some other people say, he's one of the prophets. No class, no vision, no ministry, no straight word from God. One of the prophets. May you not be called one of the prophets. May you be called either a prophet to the nation, or a prophet to Israel, or a prophet to Moses. How many of you understand Aaron was a prophet to Moses? Fine. You must have a defined boundary of operation. You are not apostle to the whole world. As apostle to the Gentiles or apostle to the Jews. There are defined boundaries you must function in in your life. You must seek the face of God to find a defined boundary for everything you do. Whether you are marriage, whether you are business, whatever. Find your defined boundaries and stay within your defined boundaries and give glory to the Father. That at the end of the day, you become a family builder who builds the name of the family. Even the heathens will come and then you become so that become the praise unto who? Unto the Father. God bless you.